Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. Welcome to the Joshua Nation's Inheritance Podcast. tremendous honor and a privilege to be with you today. The first part, we did it out of Joshua 14, and we looked at Caleb, uh, who was in his 80s, and uh, they're dividing up the land, and, and Caleb had been promised 40 years earlier by Moses that he would have Hebron for an inheritance, the mountain Hebron. And we looked at Joshua 14, and, and uh, the last time we met last month, and we and here here's a man, 86 years old, and he tells Joshua, "I want Hebron for my inheritance. I want that mountain." In Joshua 14, it says, "And and God gave Hebron to Caleb as his inheritance because he wholeheartedly followed the Lord his God." And three times in that chapter, it. Uh, Caleb says, I have wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. And so Caleb, all of his, uh, his uh, after he was 40, after he left Egypt, he probably had scars on his back. He had been a slave in Egypt. He left Egypt, followed Moses, was one of the spies, that, the whole story of Caleb. But, it, but I imagine each morning, he would get up and get his cup of coffee or his spiced tea or his warm goat milk or whatever and would look at the mountain in the distance and said, that mountain is going to be mine one of these days. And we talked about that our last time. You know, what is your next mountain? What does God have you here for? What is his purpose for you? And uh, in the end of that, uh, Caleb's life, it says in, in chapter 15, it, and his sons and his grandsons charged the hill and went up into Hebron. And that's where the Anakites, the giants that were in the land, and he defeated them and God gave him an inheritance. And that's where we left off last time. We left off with what does God have for you? What's the next chapter? What's the next mountain? What's the, where are you headed? Where are you going to be when you get to the end of your life? And I said, we would be back together. And today that's where we are. And the title of what I'm sharing with you is Life Objective. And uh, Jason was kind enough to email you a copy of a Bible study. This is a Bible study I have done with men uh, and challenging them about their life objective. And uh, the Bible study that I sent you is part of a whole curriculum I do with men. And I challenge men to get a life objective. Uh, where do you want to be when you get to the end of your life? Last week, I was in a meeting with pastors and church planters, and and uh, this young man, he was 48 years old, came up to me, and he said, you don't remember me, do you? And I said, no. And he said, I met you uh, 40 years ago when I was in college, doing uh, youth work. And he said, I was in my uh, early, uh, no, he was, he was 48, so it was over 20 years ago, and he was doing youth work. And, um, and he reminded me of what I had taught. Uh, but he, he, then I said, well, how are you doing now? And he, said, and he said, would you just pray for me? And I said, okay, what do we need to pray about? He said, I'm really struggling. And, I, and he, he said, I'm 48 years old. My, my, I have older children now, and I'm looking at my life, and I, I don't know. I said, I'm in turmoil. Uh, I don't know what God has for me. You know, I met you over 20 years ago. I was doing youth work, and uh, now I'm planting a church, but I think maybe my work's sort of done here. And and so I just prayed with him. But before I left him, I told him, you need to get a life objective. <laughs> and he said, what's that? And I said, well, you need to get a word from the Lord and know what he has you here to do. Now, every one of us on this call, if I were to ask you, you know, why are you here on earth? You would say, well, God created me and I'm here doing his work. Okay. And I understand that. 
But we know in our heart, and we know from God's word, Isaiah, and you might want to, I'm going to go very fast, and I'm not going to be hugging the notes, okay? So, but a verse that uh, is good to memorize is Isaiah 43, 7. You might want to jot that down. And Isaiah 43, 7, it says, everyone whom I have created for my glory, yea, whom I have formed and made. God made us for his honor and his glory. And then all of us know the passages in Psalms. Psalms 136, David is writing and says, thou hast formed me in my mother's womb. Now I knowest the members of my body, you know, and thou hast known me. And David writes in Psalms 136, he writes about how God fashioned and formed him in his mother's womb, in my, in my innermost being. You know me, Father. You, you know how you wired me. And every one of us here are unique. There are no two of us alike. We're all wired differently. We have introverts and extroverts. Uh, we in our we got our physical wiring, our height, our eye color, uh, our looks, our skin color. We are wired. God fashioned and formed us in our mother's womb, and He gave us our personalities, uh, and uh, He He gifted us. And then when we trusted Christ, and we have all on this call have taught about spiritual gifts. And the moment we commit our life to Christ and the Holy Spirit indwells us, then we get spiritual gifts on top of that. And he gives us those gifts to be used. So I raised the question. This is the question for this Bible study for us. Why are you here in the 21st century at the end of 2021, about to go into 2022, why are you here? Why are you geographically located where you are? Why are you in your present position of ministry? Why has God blessed you with your wife and children if you're married? Uh, what, has God, what does God have in store for you? And for the remainder of your life, what does he want to accomplish with you? What does he want to accomplish with me? What, why are you here? And every one of us are in a chapter of our lives. We're on a journey. Uh, I'm 71 years old, about to be 72. Uh, and so I'm on the last part of my life. Uh, you know, in, in American football, we would say you're, he, someone would tell me, Sam, you're in the fourth quarter. And you're, on, you're not, you know, you've already finished the first half of your life. Uh, you know, so you're in the fourth quarter. And in American football, in the fourth quarter, you get down to the last two minutes. And they say you're in the two-minute warning. You've got two minutes in the game that are left. And if you're going to win the game, you better be ahead at the end of the two minutes. And whoever wins the last two minutes wins the whole game. So, uh, so I may be inside the two-minute warning. Now, I hope and pray. I believe in my heart that I'm probably going to live to be in the 90s. Uh, this past weekend, I spent some time with my mother. I hope I have her genes. She is 93 years old. So if I live to be 93, uh, man, I've got another 20 years in front of me. So I'm just in the middle or the beginning of the fourth quarter. But none of us know. Scripture says it's appointed unto man once to die. And after that, the judgment. So there is an appointment that all of us are going to have with death. We're not going to be early for the appointment. We're not going to be late. We're all going to be on time for that appointment. And it's very important for us to live our life at, to the fullest each day. So it leads us to the question, and it's the question for you today, what is your life objective? 
And I'm going to tell you my story. This is, this is a part of my story. I had never heard the word life objective. And the Bible study I have here is a Bible study that, that God brought into my life. And, and I'll just tell you about it. In August of 1976, I remember when I came in, in contact with this whole concept of life objective. I was 26 years old. I was married, had been married over four years. We had a brand new baby. My, my, uh, we had our first child. His name's Mark. And Mark, uh, in 1976, he was born. And in August, he was three months old. And uh, here I am, 26, married, and with a brand new baby born. And I got a brand new ministry assignment. Uh, I was asked to go to a college and start a college ministry. And, uh, I, and I prayed about it. And I told, I told the people that were asking me, Sam, would you go to the, I had two colleges. They said, we want you to go to Kilgore Junior College and Panola Junior College and run a college ministry. And I prayed about it. And finally, I said, you know, I believe the Lord wants me to do that. So we, we loaded our house and we moved. I moved to Kilgore, Texas, deep east Texas. And I wound up the minister Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at Kilgore. But then I would drive 70 miles back into the the deep piney woods, a lot of trees, and go to a village, a, a town called Carthage, Texas, to a small college. And they told me, they said, now, when you get there, there used to be a ministry there, but the ministry leader did some things wrong, and we took the keys, and the little building that is there is closed, and the building has not been open for over a year. So here are the keys. Go and start a new ministry. There's no one there. We have no students that are, are in the ministry anymore. They've all gone. So go start it from scratch, from the beginning. So I called to the, the town in there and I asked for the pastor in the town. I said, hey, I'm the new guy. And they gave me the keys. I've never been to your town uh, tell me about the building. And he told me, and he said, that old building is closed. It has weeds, and no one's been in that building for over a year. There's no electricity. And, uh, and I said, well, can you call the city and ask them to turn the electricity on so I can get into the building and sort of see what I'm looking at? And he said, sure, I'll make the call. I drove to the city. And he was right. This little building was across the street from the college campus. There were weeds grown up, grass, trees. It was terrible. I had to go through the weeds to get to the front door. I got to the front door. I took my keys, and they worked. Opened the door. The smell, it smelled terrible. There were dead, dead mice. Uh, where mice and rats had been in there. There were dead bugs everywhere. There were cobwebs from spiders in there. So I sort of go in and I said, okay, I've got to get this aired out. Let's get the air going. And so I raised the windows and, I, and boy, it was dirty. And I began to look around and, it, and there, was, there was no breeze, no air. It was in the High 90s, Fahrenheit. This was the summer. Wow. And so I go in building, and there was a refrigerator over there. I open it up. Oh, my. Food had been in there, still in the refrigerator for over a year. No electricity. Oh, my. That, whoo, that knocked my head off. So I went around, opened all of the windows. To get something going, and I begin to look. Okay, there's a broom. 
I found the vacuum. I turned the, the lights on. Yes, the guy got the electricity on. Ah, we got lights. I plugged the vacuum in. <laughs> hey, it works. Dust and dirt. And I worked for about an hour and a half, two hours. And it's hot. And I said, you know, I, I need to get something to drink. And so I went across the street to the student center, and it was the summer. There was no classes, and the door was locked. Man, I'm thirsty. I need something to drink. And I looked around, and across the campus at the gymnasium, I saw a Coke machine, Coca-Cola machine, on the outside of the building. Now I looked and I said, it's got a light on on the inside. It's the old machine. I went over and there were Coca-Colas. And I put some coins in there and got me a Coca-Cola. <laughs> now I'm all right. So I went back over and I, and I said, I need to go find what else is in this little building. I look around and I, I'm, I'm drinking my Coca-Cola and I'm looking. And in the corner, there were some shelves and some old books. And I said, I'm drinking my Coke, and I walk over, and, and I see a book way up on the top shelf called The Godly Man. Huh. I take that book, and I open it up, and in that book is this Bible study. This Bible study that I've sent you right here was in that book. It was chapter three. It was life objective. I'm drinking my Coke, and I'm thinking, huh, you know, I've heard about, you know, uh, you know, seeking God, and I've, I've been through discipleship training, you know, uh, how to have a quiet time, how to pray, and in that little book, it said, every man needs a life objective, huh. What is, it, what is he talking about? And in the Bible study, he said, let's look at two people who had a life objective. Okay, I'm drinking my Coke. I'm reading the little paper. It's a little paperback book I'm reading. And he said, the first person was the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul had a life objective. Everything he did was focused on his life objective. His last letter that we have, he writes it to Timothy. This is his last paragraph we have in writing, the last page. Oh, where is Paul? He's in a Roman prison, and we know that Paul died there in Rome, a martyr's death, and here is his last letter. The last part, Second uh, Timothy chapter 4. Paul writes Timothy, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. Timothy, this is my last letter to you. I'm telling you goodbye. The time has come for my departure. And then listen to Paul, verse 7. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Wow. Timothy, this is my last letter. You'll not get any more letters. It's time for my departure. I'm telling you goodbye. I'm about to die. And I have, and listen to what he says. I have fought a good fight. And I have finished the race, the course. And as I was reading this passage in this little Bible study, the Holy Spirit grabbed me. And I'm listening to the Holy Spirit. And as I look at that, the Holy Spirit is saying, Sam, what course, what race are you running? 
what race are you running? And I, I couldn't have an answer. I was 26 years old. I was a believer. I was in the ministry. So what was Paul's life objective? Paul knew exactly what God wanted him to do, and he did it with everything he had. And here he is inside of a prison, and he's writing to me, ah, I finished the race. So I raised the question for you. What is your race? What is your race? I'm running my own race. You have a race. What race are you running? Those of you on this call, what race? This next year, we're going to have the Olympics in China. There are all kinds of races. There are marathons. There's the steeplechase. There's the 100-meter. Uh, there's relays. There's all kinds of races. And different athletes run different races. What race are you running? What assignment do you have on your life? And how are you doing in your race? And when you get to the end of your life, are you going to be able to say about the race that God has given you to run? Ah, what a good fight. I finished the race. Huh. I ran the race God assigned me. Now there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. And I'm ready to die. Paul was ready to die. And he says, I finished it. I did it. I ran the race hard. I ran it strong. I ran it well. And I finished strong. I have finished my assignment. The race is over. Now I'm at the finish line. I'm inside the, the final step of my race. Timothy, I'm telling you goodbye. I'm stepping across the line. The race is over. I finished it. Yes, now I'm ready for my crown, my reward, my, my trophy, uh, my gold medal in the Olympics. I'm ready. I finished the race. What race are you running? That day at age 26, I could not answer that question. And I raised the question, what was Paul's race? And when did Paul get his assignment? I'm, I want to give you some things to think about, to chew on. Listen, Paul got his assignment, and he knew it, on the road to Damascus. On the road to Damascus, he trusted Christ. Remember the story, bright shining light. He was blinded. And go back and read in the book of Acts, and on the road to Damascus, you find that Paul got his assignment. And what was his assignment? Paul got the assignment from God, his life objective. He's, he, the God started off, he said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Why are you killing believers? Why, why are you persecuting me? Why are you shaming the name of Christ? And then God, listen to the message God gave Paul. He said, Paul, and he gave him assignment. You will take the gospel to the Gentiles. Your assignment is taking the gospel to the Gentiles. That was his assignment. That was his life objective. And go back and look at Paul's life. Yes, he would talk to the Jews. He would talk in the synagogue. But he went to share the gospel with the Gentiles. And all three of his missionary trips, he went to Gentiles. And how many times, how many times did Paul tell those that were with him, I must get to Rome. I've got to get to Rome. And now at the end of his life, he is telling Timothy in a prison in Rome, I finished the fight. I ran the race to the fullest. I did everything God asked me to do. Paul is in prison, maybe with chains on his wrist. I don't know. Probably they were letting him write. 
probably no chains on the wrist, but he's able to sit there and in his mind, think with me, he is thinking about his life. And he's sitting there thinking, and, and I think Paul's smiling. I think he's rejoicing. Timothy, I've ran a race. I ran it well. I have finished. And he's thinking, probably in his mind, he's picturing the Mediterranean Sea. He said, I went to Thessalonica, Gentiles. I went to Ephesus, Gentiles. I went to Corinth, Gentiles. I went to Lystra, Gentiles. I took it to every seaport, big Gentile port. I took the gospel to the Gentiles, and I finally made it to Rome, and I've shared the gospel here. We have a letter to the, the book of Romans. He said, I have done my assignment. I finished the race. I finished strong. Uh, now there's I am ready. I'm ready for the crown that's waiting for me because I read it and I read it well. And he leans back and goes, oh, I did it. That's Paul. That's his life objective. I was 26 and I'm reading this, and the Holy Spirit's talking to me. And I'm saying, Man, I don't have a life objective. And I'm reading this little Bible study. No one else is there. And the Holy Spirit's talking to me. And the Holy Spirit's asking me, Sam, what's your life objective? And they're inside of me, drinking my Coca-Cola, reading this little Bible study. I'm saying, man, I, I, I want to be like Paul. I want to know my race. And then he took us to the second one. And he said, there's another man. And he died age. 33, and he had finished his race. John 17, and we're going to listen to John 17. Jesus is talking, and he says, Father, the time has come. Now, this is eternal life, that they may know you and the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And then Jesus says, Father, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. I'm at the end, Father. Father, I'm completing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Jesus, in John 17, you know the story. Here's the Last Supper. They arrive with Judas. He gets a kiss on the cheek. And the next day after that, he winds up crucified. Father, I did it. Father, I finished the race you gave me. I have glorified you. Wow. And Father, will you please receive glory in what's about to happen? He was 33 years old. Paul, at the end of his life, in a prison cell, leaned back and said, ah, he's thinking about all the Gentiles. Jesus hanging on the cross, blood dripping off of his elbow, running into his eyes, into his beard. What was he thinking? Father, I did it. Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. The Lamb of God was shedding his blood. And he knew he had done it. And what were Jesus' last words? The last words went, it's finished. And he stepped across the line and he died. 
Jesus finished his assignment. So that day at age 26, in that little student center drinking a Coca-Cola, the Holy Spirit grabs me. Sam, what is your race? I didn't have one. Oh, I knew. Hey, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. I, I need to tell people about Jesus. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I know I need to be faithful to God. I know I, know I need to as I know I need to pray. I know I need to be a godly man, a good husband, and a good father. I know all of that. But what is my race? I didn't know what my race was. And the Holy Spirit is dealing with me. So I finished doing that, and I was restless. I took that little book I was reading, and I stuck it back on the shelf in the little slot that was there for that book. I put it back up on that little shelf. And right next to that book was another little paperback book. It was entitled God's Chosen Fast, written in 1923, I believe, or 26, by Arthur Wallace. Arthur Wallace wrote a book on fasting. God's chosen fast. In my tribe, my, my denomination, we never talked about fasting. <laughs> we had a lot of fellowship meals, but if you wanted to fast, that's good for you. I thought fasting was for Gandhi and for uh, you know all kinds of folks. Uh, uh, fasting, you know, if you're into fasting, I'm into slowing. I like food. Uh, I, and so I, 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 the fasting was not my thing. I, I, I thought it was for people that were in cults and stuff, fasting. Yeah. But I took that little book, really tiny paperback book. I read the whole book in 40 minutes. And all Arthur Wallace did in that little book was... Uh, take every scripture. I think it was probably for his doctoral work because he took every verse on fasting. That's all it was. And my background, I had just finished a college degree in biology. And I'm reading it on fasting. And so I'm drinking my, the rest of my Coca-Cola and I'm reading it. And he, and he starts out in Exodus. He said, Moses fasted and he went to exodus 20 and when moses went up on mount sinai to get the ten commandments it says he fasted 40 days and 40 nights and went and got the ten commandments but then you read the script and i had read it before i had never seen this and it says and moses went without food and water for 40 days. Whoa! Went without food is one thing. Went without water for 40 days. It's an absolute miracle fast. Moses did not drink water. And I'm a biology guy. I'm sitting there going, whoa. So I start reading that little book. Man. And you remember the story. Moses went up, got the came down from the mountain and he saw the golden calves that they had made and Aaron and all of those who had made the golden calf and he saw it and he got angry. Remember the story? He took the Ten Commandments, broke the Ten Commandments and then went back up for another 40 days to get the Ten Commandments the second time. He went 80 days, no food, no water. Wow. Wow. And I'm sitting there reading this. And then in that little book, he looks at Daniel's fast without meat. And he looks at Jesus in Matthew 4, where the Holy Spirit took him into the wilderness and tempted him, and he fasted for 40 days, and he looked at all the fasts. And I read that little book, 
And then I, I put it back on the shelf and I sat down on the and sat down and the Holy Spirit has got me. He has my attention. And I'm 26 years old. And I said, God, I don't have a life objective. And I want one. I don't want to waste my life. I, this is not a dress rehearsal for the real thing. I only got one of these. I only have one life, and I'm 26 years old. I know if I die, I'm going to heaven. I'm a believer. I love your word, but I don't have a life objective. Father, I want a life objective. In fact, I want a life objective, and Father, I'm going to fast until you give me one. And Father, I am willing to do what Jesus did. I'm going to go 40 days on a fast. If that's what it takes for you to know that I'm serious, I'm going to fast until you give me a life objective. And when I prayed and said, okay, Lord, I, I, I want a life objective. I'll start fasting. And I got me a little notebook so I could keep a journal. And I, I knew uh, from the little book, it says, you know, we need to have a biblical life objective. So I got my Bible, a notebook. I went home and told my wife. I said, sweetie, I'm not going to be eating. I'm going to be fasting. Pray for me. I need a life objective. And I started fasting. And I kept a journal. And uh, it was an awesome time with the Lord. This is what I told him. I said, Lord, I, I, want the, I, I really want a life objective, but Father, I want to be specific. I want it to be very clear because when I get to the end of my life, I want to know I did it. I want it to be so clear, I will know that I did it. And just like Paul, who was able to sit back and say, oh, I fought a good fight. I finished the course that he set before me. <sighs> I want to be able to go, <sighs> I did it, Father. Give me something clear that I can wrap my brain around, that I can see. Paul could see a map of Corinth and Thessalonica and Ephesus and all of those places that he knew he had taken the gospel to the Gentiles. Jesus, as the blood is dripping off of his elbows and hanging on the cross, he knew, I did it, Father. And then finally he said, it is finished. He knew it. He saw the blood, the Lamb of God, shedding his blood for our sin. He knew it. Father, give me. I want a clear picture. 22 days later, I got a life objective. 17 pounds lighter. I had fasted 22. I told the father, I started off, I had about five things. And day three, I got an answer. Day five, a little, little prayer request. But the big one was my life objective. And on day 22, he gave me my life objective. And I said, Father, I'm willing to go a full 40. I, I'm willing to go 40, 40 days. And he said, I know your heart, Sam. I got it. You got my attention. I know you're serious. You don't need to go 40. Here's your life objective. My life objective is in this. The, the person that wrote that little book, The Godly Man, his name is Gene War, W-A-R-R. He's dead. He's an old, uh, Gene War was a oil man. He owned a huge oil company. He had been trained by an organization called the Navigators. And, and in fact, on the second page of the Bible study, the following is intended only as a sketch for a complete elaboration of the philosophy of life and ministry by Gene Roy. There's his name. It's on the second page. 
Gene Moir, and, and this is this is pretty much the the as I prayed through it, these same scriptures became part of my life objective. Gene Moir says, My life objective is to know God, 1 Corinthians 1 9, to love God, Matthew 22, to glorify God, to be used of Him, to raise up qualified laborers in significant numbers. I'm not going to read all this as fast as possible to fulfill the great commitment. That was Gene Moir. And in, in, in that little book, there was a Bible study. You have the Bible study out of that little book right here in your hands or in your email. If you didn't get it, we can get it to you. And these are the scriptures, and I'm not going to read it. This is a worksheet. If you, if you don't have a life objective, I would challenge you to pray and fast and get a hold of the Lord. And say, Lord, let me know. I want to know so I can finish strong. Some of you say, well, I'm too old to get one now. I've already spent most of my life wrong. The Apostle Paul was in the last half of his life when he had a road to Damascus experience. Caleb was 86 when he got to fulfill his life objective. Some of you say, well, I'm too young. I, I'm not ready to do all that. Jesus got his, and, and then he died at 33. He was young. The time to get a life objective is now. Find your race. Some of you don't have a race, and you're running all over. You're running crazy all over the world doing crazy things, but you don't, you're not focused. When you find your race, you get focused. And when you find your race, you're able to finish strong. And when you find the, this is what I want. I'm in the middle of my race. I want to be like Paul and be able to say, I did it. I want the joy of the end part. I want to be, I want to be able to say, Father, I did what you created me in my mother's womb to do. I did what you wanted me to do with the spiritual gifts you gave me when you gave me the Holy Spirit. Father, I accomplished everything, everything you wanted, and I glorified you, and I have fulfilled your call on my life, and I have run the race. I haven't run other people's race. I've run the race you gave me. It's unique to me. And as I prayed about it in my own life, On day 22, I said, Father, I want to give me something visual. Jesus had blood off his elbow and running down his cheeks. Paul had a, a picture of the Gentile world in his mind. Then the Romans, give me a picture. Here's my picture. I have in my office a globe, a globe of the world. It's a big old globe. In fact, I should have brought it and showed it to you. It's just an old globe. That's what it is. It's on a stand. I was teaching this Bible study 30 years ago, and I was discipling a group of men, and we were going through this. And a medical doctor, Dr. Chris King, was an intern. He was becoming a doctor, and he and his wife gave me a globe. I've had it over 30 years. And I don't know how long I'm going to live. I've had two open heart surgeries. I've had two different kinds of cancer. I had COVID back in August. I, 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 don't, I, I don't know how long I'm going to live. But I believe when I come to the end of my life in the race that I'm running, I believe the Holy Spirit will say to me, just like he did Paul, it's time for your departure, Sam. You're at the finish line. You're at the finish line. I'm going to, I don't know what it's going to look like. Uh, if I have to go to a nursing home for old people, I, I believe I'm going to be in my 90s. I'm, I'm going to get me a little sack put my toothbrush, uh, my pajamas, my Bible, and my globe. 
and I'm going to go check myself into a nursing home. My kids aren't going to have to do that. The Holy Spirit, I believe, is going to tell me. And I'll check myself into a nursing home. I don't know how long I'll be there, but I believe, I really, and I believe God's going to do this. I believe this is my heart. On the last day before I die, I believe the Holy Spirit's going to say, Sam, you're here. You made it. And if I'm in a nursing home, I'm going to hit the buzzer. And I'm going to say, sweetie, would you come down here to room 122? And about five minutes later, one of the ladies will knock on the door. And they'll stick their head in. Yes, Mr. Douglas, what can I do for you? What do you need? And I'm going to smile. And I'm going to say, sweetie, would you go right over there by that chair and get that globe and pull it right over here next to this bed? And I'm going to be in my hospital bed. And she's going to pull it next to the bed. And I'm going to say, sweetie, will you do me a favor? Will you spin that globe? Spin it real good. Spin it good, and I'm going to close my eyes and take a long, bony finger and touch it. And my prayer, this is my life objective, is to have somebody in every state of the United States and in every country of the world that it that I will have someone there that I personally have invested in that is furthering the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and if I can do that, and I, and I hit a country. Right now, I, I, I can hit uh, Uganda. I, I, I can hit Sierra Leone. Uh, I know the NATO. <laughs> you know, uh, hopefully, I'll be able to hit Cuba. You know, uh, uh, you know, people that I have invested in and, and shared with, and they're furthering the gospel in every country of the world. I, I can touch every state in the United States, every province in Canada. I can, you know, with my finger, I can, I'm going to close my eyes. I can hit China. I've been in China training. You know, I can hit Russia. I can hit, I can hit about 80% of the world right now. I still have a lot of other areas. That's what brings me to Joshua Nations. I want to just invest in kingdom work. And I believe Joshua Nation is a perfect vehicle to accomplish my life objectives. That's what brings me to the board of Joshua Nations. That's why I want to spend time with you guys. Don't tell anybody. Shh, quiet. This meeting right here fits my life objective. I'm talking to a guy in Brazil, Jason Rosindi, right there. Guess what? I've been in Brazil. I can touch Brazil. I know Jason. This is huge for me. This opportunity that I'm having with you today, this is the most important part of this day in my life. Right now, I am doing my life objective right now. And I am blessed. This is a sweet moment for me. So you have a Bible study. You've got a, a few pages, fill in the blank. You're a life objective needs to be biblically based. The last chapter of 2 Timothy, Paul says, I fought a good fight. I finished the race. And go to the chapter right before that, chapter 3. In Timothy chapter 3, Paul writes, Timothy, don't forget God's word. And it goes down. Everything about God's word is for correction, for reproof. It's inspired. It's for training or whatever. Your biblical 
you need to have a biblical life objective. I know a lot of business people who, you know, I, I have several guys I know. I want to be a millionaire by the time I'm 30. You know, or I want to own three companies by the time I'm 40. That's not a biblical life objective. Give me the scripture and make sure it's God-based and God-focused. I can share from God's word my life objective. Pray fast. Do whatever it takes. Listen to the Lord. When I turned 64, that was seven years ago, I, I fasted again. And I said, Lord, I'm not able to touch the whole globe, but I'm coming in to the, the final chapter of my life. And that, you know, and uh, the end of my life is getting closer. And, and so I fasted again and said, Lord, I, I, I want to fine tune it. And I fasted for another 10 days and he fine tuned it. Some of you say, I already know why God wants me. I've got a life objective. When was the last time you fine tuned it? And got it a little more focused. You might want to do that if you have a life objective already. Thank you for listening to the Joshua Nation's Inheritance Podcast. We hope you were encouraged and challenged with today's message. For more from Joshua Nations, visit our website at joshuanations.org.